1: Kroger Fresh for Everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Missing the Point, with the Royal Rumble this Sunday and the Road to WrestleMania about to begin, we get back in the ring for another episode of Cheap Heat. We'll preview this year's card, who are the favorites to win the Rumbles and main event WrestleMania. We'll also look back to some of our favorite Rumble moments, saves, wins, and eliminations that have made the Rumble so memorable. But first, some housekeeping. Missing the Point is a one-hour podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as on our website, www.mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate the show and leave a review for a chance to win a free Missing the Point t-shirt. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. And now, this is... missing.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Missing the Point proudly presents to you the most entertaining and informative wrestling podcast out there and that is not a prediction it is a spoiler and this is cheap heat welcome everyone to episode three of cheap heat my name is michael Marcangelo and today we are talking about the royal rumble past present, future, but mostly past and present, and I can't do that without the EP who is coming from behind the microphone, as he does for every cheap heat, Craig D'Alessandro. Craig, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are we doing?
2: I'm doing great because today we have taken another fan of professional wrestling out of the closet and brought him back into the forefront. This time we have the real BK Bob Kelly talking all things Royal Rumble. Bobby, how are you doing?
0: Doing pretty good. You know, I just have to lead it off with one thing, and that's Goldberg. Oh, we're going to get there. Goldberg. Sorry, I had to. I've been waiting to do that for like 15 years. It's been a long time since I've had that Goldberg chant in my head.
2: The guy that you said is the uh, is the Tom Brady of professional wrestling. So that's just a that one was way to off the
0: record off. though, so that doesn't count. I don't know it's
2: on the record now. So <laughs> on this episode of CP, what we're going to do is we're going to run down this Sunday's uh, episode of the, the Royal Rumble, which will be streaming to you live on the WWE Network. Obviously, there is a with every Royal Rumble, there is a pretty reduced card because the Royal Rumble matches themselves take so long. But then I think what we're really what we're really going to enjoy doing is getting into our favorite Royal Rumble matches moments saves and finishes so we'll start with the card and I think you know for the men's Royal Rumble the the really cool thing about this for me and I know that you guys feel the same way is that Rumble is, is the kickoff to Wrestlemania right it is the start of Wrestlemania season which means really anything can happen so right now we only have out of 30 slots 17 people who have confirmed for the Royal Rumble so what that tells me is that just like in the past, anything can happen. Craig, are you excited for this for this year's Royal Rumble?
1: I'm a little bit excited more for this year's Royal Rumble than I have been in the past. Uh, especially in the last 10 years or so, we've pretty much been able to tell going into it pretty much who's going to win it. You know, we, you know, momentum means a lot in WWE and you can pretty much tell for leading up to it, leading up to the event pretty much who's the favorite going in and usually the favorite usually ends up winning it. Whether that's good or bad, I'll let you decide that. But looking at the participants we have this year and I'm sure you'll go over it in a minute, uh, I see some names that I would really like to see win. I see some names I would really not want to see win and those 13 spots that are listed there are really obviously the dark horses that some good and some bad can come out of that. So we're going to see coming up this Sunday.
2: Yes. Yeah, so far who's been listed as, as the Royal Rumble participants are Dolph Ziggler, Sami Zayn, Mustafa Ali, Jeff Hardy, Cesaro. I get it right. What's that? Mustafa Ali. Sorry. Jeff Hardy, Cesaro, Otis, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sheamus, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, Jay Uso, John Morrison, The Miz, Bobby Lashley, Daniel Bryan, Big E, Randy Orton. But for me, who I think is going to win. And he was announced this past Monday on raw. He came back last year at the Royal Rumble after being gone for 10 years. And that is the rated R superstar edge. He is my favorite in this match because Shawn Michaels has been retired for 10 years. I think that this is the best way to get back to the edge versus Randy Orton or even Edge versus Drew McIntyre for the, at WrestleMania. But I, I think that this is going to end in Edge uh, being the WWE champion again. And Bobby is someone who used to be a really big fanatic of the Royal Rumble, has kind of fallen off like you know millions upon millions of other wrestling fans have since the Attitude Era. For you, just looking at these names, not knowing probably who a lot of them are, are you excited for it? And who would be your favorite to win it?
0: Uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited for it. As you said, I haven't... I don't want to say I haven't watched Rumble. Oh right, yeah, I haven't watched Rumble in a few years. It's been a few years since pretty much since Rey Mysterio won the last one he won, which was what, 2015, 20- 2006. Two, no, was it like wasn't he a finalist in like 2012 or something he, like he's that? He's
2: only he's only one. I'm sure it was a finalist, but he didn't win. He's only won one one. Right,
0: well, since the last one, since the last one I remember Rey Mysterio watching. I don't even remember what year it was. But yes. So, Edge to me, I think is a really good choice though because from the more I read, the more things I've been doing about this Royal Rumble is WWE loves to take guys who haven't been in the sport for years and bring them back to prominence. And the Royal Rumble is the place for them to do that. You've seen them do it year after year. We saw Goldberg a few years ago. John Cena did it after tearing his pack. There's just been time and time again where guys go from you haven't seen him in a few years to back in the prominence because of the Royal Rumble. So I think Edge is a great pick. Another underdog to me, I've been seeing this name a lot, is Brock Lesnar. It's another guy where we haven't seen him a lot in a few years. I've just been seeing a lot of noise about this is going to be like that big surprise that comes out of the Rumble this year is Brock Lesnar. He's coming back and that he's going to make some noise in this Rumble. That's just what I've been seeing.
2: It may feel like a few years to you, Bobby, but actually Brock has been signed to WWE since 2012, but has only been working three or four shows a year. And his last performance or his last match was WrestleMania in April, and he's been gone since then. Right, but he's the guy since the last like,
0: season, at least.
2: Yeah, since yeah, since last season, of the world. That's a good way to put it. That, that, that's how they scripted. And last year's Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar, I believe he entered number one as a WWE champion and just dared people to to eliminate him. And then we saw the rise of Drew McIntyre. So, I think for predictions for for this year's Royal Rumble, I'm taking Edge. Who are you taking, Craig?
1: I do think it's going to be Edge. I do think that the way that this was supposed to go down, I believe, I don't have any informed opinion about this. I Well, I don't have any inside information. This is my informed opinion, is that there was, with Edge and Randy Orton, there was supposed to be their trilogy of matches. They had that first match uh, at WrestleMania. Of course, Edge came back last Royal Rumble. It was a big shock win. It wasn't that big of a secret. People who really delve into it, like I did kind of knew that he was coming back, but for, for the general public, it was a huge shock, and to me, still, I didn't believe it. I saw number 17 come up, and then, you know, you think you know me hits, and I was like, oh, crap, he really is coming back. Well, not coming back, he is back. Of course, and then you had the WrestleMania match between him and Randy Orton, which took way too long, and then you had the greatest wrestling match of all time at Backlash, which is where he tore his bicep, something in his arm, whatever it was, and so that kind of put their trilogy of matches that's supposed to happen last SummerSlam at, on hold which is kind of where I thought Edge would make us a surprise. You know, it, the way that this year's Royal Rumble would go would be Randy Orton just dominates it. He tears it up. It's like 25 guys in. Ed comes in at like 25, 26, 27, and just eliminates Randy Orton. Then Ed gets eliminated. And then they set themselves up for WrestleMania. That's the way I would write it. But... But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's pretty much set in stone this time that uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt are going to meet up at WrestleMania. So I just take Randy Orton, at, Randy Orton out of him entirely. I do think Edge is going to win. But for me, my dark horse. And Bobby, I know you don't know who this is. But I do think that if it's not Edge, I think Keith Lee wins it this year.
2: Oh, that would be that'd be awesome. Go ahead, Bobby.
1: Now,
0: who is Edge's Guy
2: back in the Christian.
0: day, Christian. Christian, yeah, yeah, they were like the Blood Brothers, right? They had yeah, like a blood yeah. vampire thing going. He doesn't. <laughs> Edge doesn't like that anymore, though, right? He's like
1: a normal no, now. He's the Rated R. Yeah, he's the Rated R. Rated R, rated R superstar, superstar, now. superstar.
2: Okay, yeah. I, I think so. In, in keeping with the, the tradition of the Royal Rumble over the past few years, you know, two years ago was at Minute Maid Park in Houston, or was no, no, two two years ago it was in Phoenix. Last year it was in Minute Maid Park. This year it will be taking place from Tropicana Field with no fans. So. Just, I mean,
0: well, that stadiums Houston, used to no fans.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, some of the best parts about the Royal Rumble that we're going to get into later for me are always the surprise, but then the crowd reactions to the surprise. Right. That makes it because, you know, like, you know, back you know, and we'll talk about it. Like when, when those surprise entrants came out back in the day and that crowd went nuts, you just knew that it was an important moment. So I am interested to see how they make important moments this year without fans i think that's going to be super interesting to see how they do that
0: yeah and it's not even the entrances that made the that had that crowd reaction you know what i mean it would be like those close eliminations or like those weird eliminations where someone looks like they're about to get tossed out and all of a sudden they you know do like a backflip and the other guy tosses them out so yeah i agree to see how they do this with the fans this year is very intriguing to me for sure
2: and moving down the card to now for the fourth time ever, which I think it, it was long overdue. I'm, I'm glad that they're keeping with the tradition is the women's Royal Rumble. There are a lot of unknowns in this match. So far the participants are Nia Jax, Charlotte Flair, Bailey, the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Peyton Royce, Shayna Baszler, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, Tamina. There are 18 people that have not been determined for this match. For me... My dream still is Sasha Banks to win this damn to win this damn match. I, I am as champion. Yeah, yes, I don't care. I just want her to win. I, I'm plus so, twenty five hundred. I'm so preconditioned to having her lose on a pay per view that now I just want her to be champion and win the Royal Rumble so she can go on to WrestleMania and lose against herself. That, that's what I would love. But in reality, I don't think she's going to win it because she is the champion. My dark horse for this. Actually, it's not really a dark horse. You if you listen to the last episode of GP which you can find in the show notes of this episode, Bianca Belair is my girl. I think she is the next big thing, sorry Brock, in WWE. So, I'm picking Bianca Belair to win this event. Uh, Craig, who do you think who do you think should win? Who do you think is going to
1: win? I'm I'm actually happy you picked Bian- Bianca Belair because I really think that it could be her and it probably should be her and it probably will be her. But just to be just to be different, just to pick another one, I'll just pick who I think has the whose star is the brightest right now in all of women's wrestling besides Sasha Banks, and that's Alexa Bliss right now. I think she ends up winning this I look, you know, I can look at the men's Royal realm and I can say, you know, you know, this guy can win it, this guy can win it, this guy can win it. I look at the I look at the women's division and obviously WWE has treated women's division like garbage since the women's revolution. They claim they were doing five or six years ago, but I look at these and I look at, I can toss out more than half of these right now. Mandy Rose is not going to win. Dana Brooke is not going to win. Peyton Royce is not going to win. Shayna Baszler is not going to win. I look at Alexa bliss. You have to understand about Alexa bliss. What she has done in the last month of raw as she has done something that no woman in the history of the WWE in the WWE has ever done. She has main evented raw four weeks in a row. No woman in the history of WWE has ever done that. I think her star is on fire right now. And what she has going on right now with her feud with Bray Wyatt and with Asuka and with, and with Randy Orton to me, to me, that's just sort of preordained that we're going to see her win this, win this rumble. Because I just look at these things and I don't know who besides her or Bianca Belair or Charlotte again, or, or no, I don't think it's going to be Charlotte. I do think Becky Lynch is coming back. During this match, I do. I do. It said that she's out, though. She be two months post child. Right? That's tough. I've seen tougher situations. Let's not put it out of the realm of possibility, though. It, it, you it, know, she's been working yeah. out this entire time. I don't understand the anatomy of a woman, sometime, but I'm sure that the yeah. way she's been preparing, she'd be right. I'm sure she'd be ready to go if they really wanted to, and you know. They'll have you know, instead of the man, she'll be the mom gimmick. That's all ready to go. The t-shirts are already printed. But to me, it's Alexa Bliss. That's who. That's who I look at. It's not going to be. What are are they going to do? Put Ruby Riot in versus? Well, hold on.
2: Before you go and and start shitting on Ruby Riot, I love her. So don't. I love her
1: too, but she's not a main eventer.
2: I I guess this is the event that can catapult someone that is not a main eventer to main event, right? So two things that you said that, that I loved. If Becky Lynch shows up. I'm in. You know, like, Sasha, love you, mean it. But, like, if Becky comes back, I'm picking her to win it. I want her to win it. Uh, I think she's the best thing to ever happen to the women's division. I also, I don't have the odds in front of me, but we have our odds, man, Bobby, on on, on point here. What I will say, I think you could see Ronda. I think if there was ever a time to bring her back, now is the time, especially because there's no fans in attendance. They can't boo her when they're not supposed to boo her. Right, and this will garner so much more attention. So I would love if Ronda showed up. I don't know if it's going to happen. The the fan in me says that'd be awesome, but based on what I can see, who the participants are, I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking for Bianca Belair. Bobby, quickly, give me the odds of Bianca Belair winning the Royal Rumble. Plus one
0: seventy five. Don't hate it. She's a favorite. She's a favorite.
2: Yeah, Bianca Belair is the favorite.
0: Alexa Bliss is two at plus three three three. Charlotte Flair is four at plus six hundred. Yeah. And then so the Ronda Rousey thing is, is, or Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. I guess we're tight. We have a nickname for her now. Rowdy
2: Ronda Rousey. You're there.
0: All right. Yeah. I just combined them. So she is right now one, two, three, four, five. She's seventh right now at plus 1600. So what that tells me is Vegas isn't going to put out an odd at giving someone the seven favorite at plus 1600, unless there's something telling them that Ronda has a pretty good chance of showing up in this fight. You know what I mean? Listen, I don't know wrestling that well, but I know Vegas pretty well. And I can tell you that plus 1600 is something that they're like, listen, she might not win it, but there's a really good chance and it's worth putting money down. Plus 1600 is is a bait bet. You know what I mean? That's like, which is you can put down 10 bucks and win a hundred and win some money off it.
2: Which in wrestling is tough because everyone sees those odds, right? And it's predetermined. If you have if you didn't know that before you listen to this episode, I'm sorry, but yes, it is predetermined. That would be like putting it's a It's still doing it, me, damn it. That would be like putting a plus 1600 bet on Khaleesi dying in the final episode of Game of Thrones, right? The Producers knew that it happened, so they could cash in on that. So that's always the interesting part of of, of bets in wrestling for me. I do want to transition because I know that the bulk of this show is going to be dedicated to the past moments. But there is one guy that Bobby has always been a fan of. One person. That, that always garnered his attention for professional wrestling. He was the man in a company that, that went out of business in 2001, but was the number one wrestling company for a very long time. WCW had a streak of 173 wins and zero losses. And now in 2021, Bill Goldberg is challenging for the WWE Championship. That's the only title he's never held in in, in, in pro wrestling in, in the two major in, in, in the two major in the two major companies. What I will tell you is that every time since he's come back in 2000 and f- 2016, he has beaten every champion that he has faced in that match. Drew McIntyre is on fire right now. He is He's reinvented himself since last year's Royal Rumble when he eliminated Brock Lesnar. The entire place went nuts. It was actually a bigger reaction than he got for winning it. So now he's in this weird position where he has to go against Bill Goldberg, who's you know long past his prime, but still has all of the notoriety and will garner some attention. So what should they do in this match, Craig? And what will they do?
1: I, I I think the two are, are one the same right there. And I think it's, it's, you know, I've been reading online about what's probably going to happen in this match and what's going to happen in the Royal Rumble. I know I'm going to contradict myself when I say this, but the my understanding is the way it's probably going to go is that Bill Goldberg will lose in probably the Drew McIntyre Goldberg match will probably be the first match on the card. And Drew Goldberg will allegedly lose that match. And then come in into the Royal Rumble and end up winning the match. And I can see by the look on your face, that's not the way it should go at all. The way it should go, and the way I think it will go, is the way it always goes with Bill Goldberg. They build it up for weeks, then I'm going to be the guy that ends up beating Bill Goldberg. I'm not going to lose in 30 seconds to Bill Goldberg. And then they end up losing in 30 seconds to Bill Goldberg. And that's probably what I think is going to happen. And Drew McIntyre might come out and win it. That's the way that they're doing it. That's the way that I'm hearing they're going to do it right now. I hope it's not the way they do it. But I do think that when the Royal Rumble is over, Bill Goldberg walks out of there at that World Heavyweight Championship.
2: Uh, okay, so a couple of things that we should just unpack there. Uh, Bill Goldberg should be a face, right? A baby face. A good guy. A guy that everybody cheers. Drew McIntyre is also a baby face. So on paper, this match doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to have your young babyface champion who beat Brock Lesnar in less than five minutes at WrestleMania lose to a 50-plus-year-old Bill Goldberg. So Bobby, who's next?
0: Goldberg. Now, listen, I love Goldberg, man. And so so I was trying to explain this to Katie earlier of why I think Goldberg is to me – a guy in wrestling that will never because he doesn't have any gimmicks. He's never that guy. Listen, Goldberg's just a beast and he's gonna come out and beat the shit out of you because he can. Like, look at his moves. You know what I mean? His number one move is a spear and a jackhammer. All right. Know. You know, he he literally his number one move is I'm just gonna tackle the fucking shit out of you. <laughs> you know, so like that's why to I me, mean, I have that's why I always gravitated toward Goldberg because it was just like there is no gimmick. There is nothing. It was just, I'm here. I'm going to whoop your ass. And that's what's going to happen because that's what I can do. I also kind of agree with Craig with the way he thinks that it's going to go and what he's been reading. I see Goldberg in this WrestleMania. I'm not in the WrestleMania, in the Royal Rumble. I just think that's the way that they're setting it up. And that's the way it looks like it's going to go is that Goldberg's going to lose to McIntyre and he's coming into that Royal Rumble. And just because of the reaction they got out of it a few years, WWE's not dumb. So they see that, and that's what they want. They want that reaction. They know people will react to it on Twitter, seeing Goldberg come in from the Royal Rumble, seeing him come in and seeing him, you know, they they love that shit. So that's what I think is going to happen. I'm with you, Craig.
2: So what should happen is Drew McIntyre, who is the younger champion of this sport, of this company, should triumphantly beat Goldberg, and they should shake hands after the match as a passing of the torch. What I fear will happen.
0: So, like a Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes? Like,
2: yeah, stay tuned for the live show. What I do, (laughs) what I fear will happen is Goldberg's going to win. And he shouldn't win. Like, I love you. I mean it. Like, I think his runs from 2016 through now far outweigh his one-year run from 2003 to 2004 in WWE. He's been treated the right way. They've been trying to treat him as, like, the new Babe Ruth, right? Like, what, what they wanted to treat Bret Hart back in the day. They bring him in a couple times a year as a fan favorite to always come out on top and do the right thing. That's good when you're having him face heels. McIntyre is not a heel. He does not need to lose to a 50 plus year old Goldberg. In fact, some might say, and I will say, that it will hurt his cause to lose. That being said, I think he's going to lose. I'm already mad. You can already envision me throwing a beer at the television while watching this because I know it's going to happen. Anything else we want to talk about in terms of this match? I know that Bobby just get a get a little jackhammer in his pants over the fact that Goldberg I did still get a jackhammer
0: wrestling. Yeah, it's it's just unbelievable to me. It really is like listen, I remember watching Goldberg when he won 12 matches and was somehow 1060. You know, like to me it was just like to see him come back into Royal Rumble a few years ago, like honestly, that was what brought me back into watching wrestling videos again. I saw Goldberg come back and I started watching the YouTube videos again of these Rumbles and I started watching things again because I was like, holy shit, Goldberg's still here. So it was just I love
2: Goldberg. And like Bobby, I'm so glad that there is something that happened recently that brought you back into wrestling. I'm just like, you are the person that they're going after with moves like this, which upsets people like Craig and I who watch. Unfortunately, every single week. And you know, we can just kind of tell what I will say is if they do this match, I hope that they do it first. I hope this opens the show because that the, I have a feeling that this match, if there were fans in the in attendance, this would be the match that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. So you want to have the entire car, uh, the entire card left to rectify that. The next, the which being a match on this card that I think is going to steal the show is going to be the Last Man Standing match between Kevin Owens. And Roman Reigns, for those of you that that are new to the show, or new to professional wrestling, or just starting to watch it, Roman Reigns is the cousin of of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He is part of the best, I would say, one of the best wrestling families in, in all of professional wrestling, the Anoa'i family. And he is the, I think, the the nephew of Yokozuna from back in the day, Rikishi, the Usos. But up until this year, he was a guy. That was always pushed to the top as the next baby face. We're supposed to like him. He took you know, about six months off between April and, and, and August because he last year just overcame uh, leukemia again. He, he had to leave, and, and he, but he fought it. So he's not want to put himself in a position to be around COVID-19 or to get sick. He comes back as this badass heel. And he has the best speaker in the history of professional wrestling in his corner, Paul Heyman. Who's you just hate. You love to hate him. So now Paul this Hammond's guy... Man. I love Paul Heyman. Now this guy's just firing on all cylinders. And Kevin Owens has been a guy that, you know, emerged onto the WWE scene back in 2015 when he when he was the NXT champion, and he beat John Cena at the Elimination Chamber. And he is never, ever no matter what happens, he'll never fall from the good graces of the fans. He could be a heel, he could be a babyface. People will pay to see him get his ass kicked or pay to see him get to kick some ass. So in this match, I want with all of my being for Kevin Owens to win. But I also don't want to see Roman Reigns lose. So what I think is going to happen, I think that there's going to be some outside interference, which causes Kevin Owens to stay down for the count of 10, which results in Roman Reigns winning. It's the only way that you can protect both people. So I'm predicting a a win here by Roman Reigns. Craig, what do you say of that? And what do you hope happens?
1: Get, getting back quickly to your thing with Paul Heyman, I think they gave him Paul Heyman when he was first coming back because Roman Reigns, as a face, wasn't the greatest talker. Mm-hmm. He, he could do some promos. He could talk all right, but he definitely wasn't. He definitely couldn't it wasn't sell as charismatic. A... Like yeah, He wasn't that charismatic. No, like... Yeah, as, as a face, he wasn't that charismatic. That's why they put Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar back for the past 16 years. Yep. You know, all the way back when he first debuted in two thousand four, they put Paul Heyman on it because Brock Lesnar can't work, can't talk. With the dog, he tried that. I don't know when he first came back in uh, twenty eleven well, with John Lor- John, Laurin- John Laurinaitis yeah. trying to get his uh, ice cream bars or something. Maybe that was CM Punk, it was. and it was just a disaster. And they immediately put Paul Heyman back with him, and he—that's the reason why. Because Brock Lesnar can't talk; he can just destroy people, and he's very good at that. And that's how they made millions of dollars off him. With with. Roman Reigns, yep. they've as a heel, he's given some of the best promos I've heard in years on this product. Head of the table, all that stuff. He's just been phenomenal work on him. And I'm sorry, and I love Kevin Owens just like you do. You, he is the hottest product in WWE right now. And I'm sorry, you cannot just. I I would love, I love Kevin Owens as WWE champion. I think one of the most entertaining angles in the history of wrestling in the last 10 years has been with him and Chris Jericho, the list of Jericho, all that stuff, you know, five, six, seven years ago at this point, but it doesn't work in this particular time. Now that storyline is just white hot. It has to be protected. It has to eventually lead. I don't even want Roman Reigns to lose the title at WrestleMania this year. I bet he's going to be, Kevin Owens, again, I don't know. I guess that's the only guy they could throw it in besides Shinsuke Nakamura. But I I don't think Roman Reigns loses that title until next year's WrestleMania, not this year's.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, just one thing I wanted to just talk about a little bit that you just mentioned, you know, Brock Lesnar not being a good promo. That's true and not true. He's not a good promo when he's scripted, right? If you've ever watched uh, UFC, after he beat Frank Muir the second time, when he was walking around the cage saying, who's the effing man? I'm going to go home. I'm going to climb on top of my wife. I'm going to have a couple of Bud Lights. Like, that." that's a great... Promo. Light
0: wouldn't. <laughs> when he's Brock Lesnar himself, yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, when he's when Brock he's, Lesnar himself, he is good to
1: go.
2: But as but soon as you're... But when yeah, he's handed, and you put him of,
1: on a PG product, yeah, and then he can't.
2: Do when, that. when he's handed a piece of paper written by a seventy-something-year-old man that says, "I have fought much a foe," like who the hell wants to? Who, you don't want to hear that. So, so
0: wait, before you, so with with Roman Reigns, I feel like I remember when. WWE was trying to shove him down everyone's throat as that baby face for years and years. They made him remember you. I remember we were roommates at the time when they made him number 30 in that Royal Rumble and people lost their fucking mind. They were so
1: pissed because everyone was like fucking Roman Reigns every year is the same bullshit. And I remember trying to take hearing. out an insurance policy for that by having the rock come out and help him there. And people like they won't, they won't boot the rock. We'll get him over. And then they boot the rock. Right. Exactly. So like, and I feel
0: like they just wanted him to be that. But like the entire time, I feel like everyone knew Roman Reigns is a heel. He's a heel. That's just what he is. And like, you can't take a heel and make him a baby face. It just doesn't work that way. You can be a heel and be rooted for a la The rock back in the day. But you can't take a heel and make him a fucking babyface. You
1: can't do it. What they're doing, what they're doing with Roman Reigns now is, I feel like correcting the mistake they made with John Cena for so many years. Yes, they never they protected John Cena so much because they were projecting their merchandising. Yep. they were projecting their his good guy Hulk Hogan image. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is true. The top guy usually is a face and just untouchable. I, I don't think I don't think Hulk Hogan was ever a heel and. and you know, WWF time. He tried. But, you know. They
2: brought him back as a heel in 2002. And then the Sky Dome cheered him against the rock.
1: So- right. I mean, Cause it's just like, it's Hulk Hogan. You can't, you just, you can't crisscross, you know what I mean? You can't do it. So I think that was a calculated risk on Vince McMahon's part. that has obviously worked tremendously. Yeah. I
2: think, you know, th- they should have done it sooner, but a lot of times they don't do it at all. So the fact that they did it this time, I think it's perfect. I also think, he's been done such a disservice by the fact that there are no fans in, in, in the stands because if there were people in those stands, I'm telling you, he would feed off the crowd. Now, the one thing I will say about him is that he's, he's not a good promo in in the current context of reading a script but he has the instincts to play the audience he knows when they're with him when they're against him so all he would need to do three years ago was when he was out there saying like it's my yard now after he beat taker and they booed him and he just needs to look at him for
1: 16 minutes Yeah, you're gonna you're stood in the ring for 16
2: minutes you're gonna you're gonna gonna, just got booed yeah you're gonna boo me that was the greatest heel promo in the last 10 years and all he said was it's my yard now and the place went nuts. So I'm all for Roman Reigns. I'm on the Roman Reigns bandwagon. There's one more match that that is on this card. It's the women's tag team championship match. I wish that it was not this forgotten or throwaway match, but it is because they have done such a terrible job of building up the division in terms of tag team wrestling. It's Asuka and Charlotte versus Nia Jackson and Shayna. I fully expect Asuka and Charlotte to win. I hope that they win
1: and I think we can just move forward. Do you care about this match, unfortunately? The women's tag team match? I should. I don't. Right. I don't think that they know what they're doing with it. They put the two, you know, top performers on one team. I don't think they know what they've been doing with these titles since they brought them in. I know they brought them in two or three WrestleManias ago, and the Iconics want them. Yep. And it was going to be a big, huge thing. And they just haven't known what they've been able to do with them. Yeah. They just... Because... And even the teams that even the teams they have right now, even the teams they have right now on the women's tag team, there aren't real teams, aren't real teams, There's... aren't really good. Manny Rose and Dana Brooke, they broke up the Iconics, right. one of the best tag teams uh, in WWE. It's the Riot you know, Squad. That's Oscar and Charlotte Flair, the Riot Squad, which I have a whole thing, which I can talk about at some other point in some other show. It's, the tag team vision for women should be good, but it's just not
0: they don't do what they used to do i feel like with the tag teams and stuff like that like it used to be like entire legions and like like it, it wasn't ever just like oh we're gonna put these two guys together i think they'd be a good tag team it was like you know like i don't it was like the the attitude era and dx and like there was actual like teams where it was the like, smoking okay, guns these, right these guys are your fucking squad and like it doesn't matter what two guys we put together from those teams that's you know what I mean? Those are your guys. Until you get to the Rumble, then it was always every man for himself.
2: But that's right. And Bobby, now we're going to get to the point of the show. Like, where's the reason why? You know, we brought you back. You asked to come on. You've been telling us for months that the Royal Rumble is your shit. It's your jam. It's what you know. It's what you want to talk about. So now I want to take a step back and just talk about some of the things that made us all wrestling fans uh, in the first place. Back in the nineties, in the two thousands, I'm still a wrestling fan. Craig's still a wrestling fan, Bobby. Fights it sometimes, but I was roommates with him for three years. Whenever there was a wrestling show on, he was right next to me watching. So for you, top saves in the Royal Rumble, right? The first one that that we have here, it's in there twice. I'm going to just read it off. So saves is meaning, we're going to define this for our listeners as you thought they were eliminated, but they weren't. That Maybe they did something that was outside of the box at that time to keep themselves in. Number one on the list that we have is 1995. Shawn Michaels, he entered that, that Royal Rumble at number one. Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, was number two. They fought all of their way to be the last two entrants. And what appeared to be the ending of this match was when, was when the British Bulldog uh, clotheslined him over the top rope and he skinned the cat only one foot touched the floor they played the british bulldogs music he got on the top rope and celebrated and out of nowhere that little bastard shawn michael's hbk came up behind him tossed him over and he went on to win the royal rumble for me i'm a shawn michael's guy i'm hbk for life although i'm wearing a birthday hitman heart t-shirt i'm hbk for life this for me was one of the greatest and for its time was one of the most innovative saves that 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 they've ever done. Yeah, and the the thing I love most about it is when
0: I was re watching this is they You know, it's they were kind of ahead of their time with the angles that they had on this. You know, like, seeing they have one angle where, like, they're like, oh, did he touch? What happened? We don't know. And, like, it was kind of like a two-minute where, like, you didn't know who actually won. They were confused. And all of a sudden, they have this camera angle where they show Shawn Michaels, and you see the one-foot touch. There's two refs there, and you see them both just like, nope. No, he didn't touch. And the bulldog music's playing. Yeah, yep. that was such a good rumble, man. And the best part about it was like seeing bulldog and Michaels. There's multiple times throughout that match, like you knowing what the ending was. Watching it again, they knew that was the ending, obviously. Yeah, from moment one. And like to see how they played that out. How like it was always those two. It was always it, Luger. Lex Luger was in there a few times where he thought oh, he definitely. might win. There was a couple other guys you are like, oh, he might take it, but it was always Bulldog and Michaels in
2: that Rumble, and the ending was just so awesome.
0: I, I couldn't believe it. I really I think
2: couldn't. it's one of the lost arts, or it's for me, it's one of the reasons why I still watch professional wrestling is it's for that one moment on any show that can happen at any given time where they make you forget that it's staged, and they make and they suck you into to rooting for somebody. Right? It's why we all watch our our favorite TV shows. It's because it, it just suspends uh, reality for a second, and that. You know, I was seven. I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan, so when I saw that, I I, I went nuts. I remember jumping on my couch. Craig, were, were you were watching uh, wrestling at this point in time, right?
1: I didn't start watching wrestling until about ninety eight.
2: Okay, have you seen this rumble before? Of course. Just looking back at it because Bobby's right. WWE was a little bit ahead of the time, like with instant replay. They actually overused instant replay in this instance, mm-hmm. which gave us, you know, I. I it's not unfair to say that this moment gave us all of the other great saves that 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 have come
1: yeah i i would say that coming into this royal rumble a lot of these were kind of just you know i don't remember a lot of these you know great finishes before the 1999 before the 1995 royal rumble but this is the first one where they're like I don't know who really won, did, what the one hit foot hit or the other. But this is the start of a really, in my mind, overused but still good when you can use a trend of like false finishes in WWE and in that in Royal Rumbles, prime for that kind of finish. And they haven't done it for a while. But that was this one in 1995 of HBK was the start of that, and you know that's deservedly what it's remembered for.
2: I think also if we're going to talk about saves in the Royal Rumble match, I mean Kofi Kingston should have his own segment. I mean, this guy—you just can't eliminate him the first time. Whether it's throwing him over the, whether it's throwing him over the top rope, and then the Miz pushing his legs so that his feet, so that his hands are walking on the, the uh, handstand. Yeah, yeah he, he's doing a walking handstand, a hand walk, and then he gets himself over to the steps, comes back in the ring. The whole crowd goes nuts. If it's he's he he lands on other people, lands on the table, jumps on the chair, hopscotches the chair to the barrier, jumps that was from, my
0: favorite one for sure. Yeah. When he goes over and borrows the chair from the announcer, JBL, and uses, yeah, there's a pogo stick all the way back to the ring. Yeah, it was so good.
2: And then so he jumps good. from the barricade to the ring, which is a seven foot jump. That's pretty, that's pretty tough for anybody. And then I, you know, there is uh, th- there was also when he landed on Big U's shoulders. So Kofi Kingston for me, I think. You know, I was at the 2011 Royal Rumble in Boston, and he was doing some crazy shit. Then he's still doing the crazy shit now, which is ten years later. I think that guy—you—you you can bet that he's going to do something fun if he's in the Rumble. My, my fun- unfortunately, he's, he's still- not this year. That's the problem. So we think.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that his name's on the his name's on the odds list, so it's not out of the question. But with Kofi, the funniest thing with him is like he always has these miraculous saves, and he gets <laughs> almost every time. He's knocked out within a minute. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have this unbelievable save and then he's just gone. It's like, has he won one? Kofi has a one one, right? No, that, he's
2: not. That's no.
0: that was that was the thing I kept seeing was like, you know, they were some of the pages were dated, but it was like Kofi has all these saves. Every single one he has these great saves, but he's still never fucking won one. And it's just funny because he's like he's a storyline every year of like, what is Kofi gonna do this
1: year and not win? <laughs> I, I would also, in this little thing with Kofi, I would also link, not John Morrison, who I know we're going to get to, but I would also link Naomi in there, because she's had some of those too. Yeah.
2: Oh, for sure. I think the next one for me, it, it kind of came it right after the Shawn Michaels 195. It was 1997, San Antonio, Texas, the Royal Rumble. Bret Hart, I believe, eliminated Stone Cold Steve Austin, but the referees didn't see it. So then he goes out and then he pulls Brett over. He eliminates Brett. And Stone Cold goes on to win his first of three Royal Rumbles. I think for me, that's when Stone Cold was in top heel form. But they had never done it in a situation in the WWE where someone was actually eliminated. Everyone saw it, but the refs didn't. And they let him stand.
0: Yeah. And it was the perfect first person to do that, I feel like. He's the personification of what we were just talking about. It's like, he's the best heel ever, right? He's up there. Because like... I've never rooted so hard for someone that they wanted you to hate. Like, it's just everything they did made you want to hate Stone Cold. And it actually got to a point where they turned his heel into like, not a baby face, but they turned him into like an anti-hero An an anti-hero. Right. Exactly. Like an against the man type hero. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, that one was awesome. I love that. Yeah, that was like the intro to the attitude era too, where it was like, like, it was above, they all those wrestlers lived above the rules they were above like everything that was happening around them that was yeah that was a good one i love that one
2: bobby you have you i mean you came guns a blazing on this topic so what are some of your other top saves of all time so i love the ray
0: mysterio versus edge one where it literally looks like ray mysterio is gone and he grabs Edge. I, I think he grabbed him by the hair almost and just rips him out of the ring and Rey Mysterio wins. Rey Mysterio is also one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I love Rey Mysterio. Yep. The other one, the Rock grabbing the ropes and eliminating the Big Show to win the... 2000. 2000 so. Royal Rumble. Yep. That That's one of the best finishes that we're ever going to see. That was another one of those where it was like,
2: Oh, the Big Show's about to
0: win. It's over. He was dominating everyone. I'm pretty sure the Big Show eliminated like eight people in two minutes in that Royal Rumble. And The Rock grabs him and just eliminates him. And The Rock wins. That was when The Rock was at his top heel moments, too.
1: And they, and they were building the Big Show at that time. It's just, you know, we, as he always should have been, unfortunately, was this giant, unstoppable monster who was he, One of the best athletes I've ever seen for his size, you know, jumping over the top rope, not just stepping over it and doing it so fast when he did it like 20, you know, 20 plus years ago at this point. Then people were just like, how are you going to get the big show out of the ring? He's seven foot tall, 350, 400 pounds. You can't get rid of him. And like the rock got him out the only way you could with his own momentum. Yep, Exactly. That was an MSG.
2: That was uh, Royal Rumble 2000, which set up the four-man main event at WrestleMania 2000, which was the Big Show versus The Rock versus Triple H versus Mick Foley. And so th- I think this is one of the things that I love most about, about the Royal Rumble is that it just sets you on such a good course. What are some of your other best finishes or best saves uh, there, there, Bobby? So, so there's one
0: other one that stuck out to me, and that's the John Morrison one because he played fucking Spider-Man where he gets eliminated <laughs> and literally jumps over to the side and just like – grapples onto the that i couldn't believe it and he walks along the i don't even know how the barrier where the yes. fans are one thing that stood out to me was like how funny would it have been if john if one of the fans was just sitting there and they were just like you know what john morrison fuck you and then it just pushed him <laughs> off the barrier and just eliminated him. they're like huh sorry bro
2: it's one, it's one um, of the things that always comes through my mind too is like you know they plan these great saves right what if it goes wrong what happens if it if John Morrison is not able to use his parkour skills and scale the barricade and both feet touch?
1: That's why I think they do these kind of. That's why I think they do these kinds of finishes with guys who aren't the favorites. You know, you know, back uh, back like then, so, right, and John sense. Morrison, like great, yeah, super great athletes, charisma, maybe a world heavyweight champion one day. But they're not going to win that rumble, so they feel like they can take the risk of them doing those spots, and you know Jeff Hardy too. They can take the risk if they fuck up the spots. You know, up oh, they're eliminated. Too bad,
2: right? No, I think that, that's one hundred percent true. So now I think we should move on to what I what I think is you know saves are great, but endings to rumbles are what makes it right. And I think for me, there are so many. Bobby, I know you have so many. Craig, I know you have so many too. I, I want to start as as far back as uh, nineteen ninety two. It was the Royal Rumble in which Ric Flair, who came over in August or September of 1991 from from World Championship Wrestling, was walking around with their belt, was calling himself the real world's champion. He was in this Royal Rumble. It was, I believe, it was him, Sid Vicious or Sid Justice, whatever he was called at that time, and Hulk Hogan at the end. Yeah. And there was this there was this ending where Hogan was out, and he pulled Sid over the top rope. For, because Sid
0: and uh, Sid and Hogan were supposed to have like an alliance yep and then Sid tossed Hogan over
2: so yep. Yep. Which leads us to Ric Flair winning and, and a promo that he cut, which will uh, live on in Wrestling Infamy, which was actually just pretty much regurgitated in the last UFC pay-per-view, which, th- you know, this is the greatest moment of my life. I think, I believe Michael Chandler cut that promo, but Ric Flair, with, with a tear in my eye, I can tell you that this is the greatest moment in my life. Ric Flair, for me, I think, if there's no Ric Flair, there's no Shawn Michaels, there's no Triple H. This Royal Rumble was stacked with talent from top to bottom. Macho Man Randy Savage, you had you had the Nature Boy Ric Flair, you had Andre the Giant was still on this one, I believe. I, I think actually, yeah. I think his last one was 1990. But this talent, the, the talent, British in- Bulldog was in it. Yeah, the Bulldog, Big Boss Man, you had everybody.
0: HBK. I'm pretty sure HBK was already in it at that point.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. So for you, Bobby, seeing as you've gone back and you've watched all of this, what were your thoughts watching the 1992 Royal Rumble ending with Flair, Hogan, and Sid? Oh, I loved it. It's funny. You bring that one up. That's the one
0: I remember. I sent you a picture of that the other day, and you're like, oh, that's 92.
2: Yep. Albany, New York.
0: Yeah, Albany, New York, Yeah, which is hilarious. (laughs) So I love this one because, like you said, it brought – I don't want to – be too punny here but it brought the flair to wrestling if you will you know what i mean it really did bring it to a different level of personality like you had hulk hogan you had these guys but rick flair was different man he had a different like he walked in a room and you're like oh shit this fucking guy And, and you're right you don't see hbk you don't see these guys who have that that draw to him without Ric Flair. So this is one of my favorites, especially seeing him take down Hogan when he did, because Hogan was at his height then. Hogan was fucking unstoppable, man. I remember watching the one, I don't know if it was a WrestleMania or a Royal Rumble, where he beat Yokozuna, and Yokozuna was fucking unstoppable. WrestleMania 9. Yeah, so it was just like, Hulk Hogan was such a god of wrestling at this time, and to have Ric Flair come in one year out, of, I don't even know what the name, Would you say, Universal Wrestling or World uh, Wrestling? WCW,
2: World Championship just Wrestling.
0: So, oh, okay, World Championship Wrestling, funny enough. And, and take down H- Hogan like that is so good. And especially the way it happened to see Hogan turn on his guy to kind of start his own demise and let Ric Flair take that top spot, which just
2: is perfect. I love that isn't right. it? Anyway. By the way, the, the reason that happened was because uh, Hogan did not want to lose to Ric Flair at WrestleMania, the main event of that or, of WrestleMania that year. In I believe it was in yeah it was in the Hoosier Dome, so Indianapolis, Indiana. It was supposed to be Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, which was a dream match in the early nineties. It had never been done. Hogan refused to lose to him. So what they had to do was do a double main event. It was Sid Justice versus uh, Hulk Hogan, and then the Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair. So that should never have happened. It should have been a clean elimination to crown, because this Royal Rumble, the winner of this Royal Rumble, was the new WWE champion, WWF champion at the time, which is why Ric Flair won. Moving on to 94, I think for me, it it just showcased, now if you look back at it, Vince didn't know who he's going to go with. Right, He wanted Lex Luger to be the guy. He wanted Lex Luger to be the new Hulk Hogan. But he had this other guy, Brett the Hitman Hart, DK's favorite, who was just the standard bearer for the WWE at this time. Who was the guy that he they could always count on to have great matches, to put people in the seats. So the 94 Rumble, Luger and Bret Hart's uh, feet both touch at the same time, which set up a tournament at WrestleMania. So Craig, looking back at it, what did you think of
1: this ending? I remember this one. I still don't know how they pulled this one off because you had to do such, such precise timing to get that kind of finish to happen. Because you, you know, and they've done this kind of BS finish in the past. where like these guys touch feet, touch at the same time, but they actually pull that off to script it like that to have both feet hit at the same time live. There, they're, these weren't pre-taped. This was live. It was just I don't know how they did it, and I, I didn't know the backstory that you just explained to me. But now that I know it. That finish makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's funny because, like, that again, ahead
0: of their time, man. For them to be able to pull that off is another level. And it really did, too, because I watched this one live, too. And, like, they really did fucking pull this off. They really hit the ground at the same fucking time. It's unbelievable.
2: It really is. Like if it wasn't at the exact same moment, it was close enough that you just couldn't tell, right? It a photo finish at least. Yeah, you know, It was, it was definitely a photo finish. I think uh, if, if you want to keep going, there are a couple other ones we've already talked about. Shawn Michaels, so that 1995 Royal Rumble where he entered in, in, at number one, won it. 1996, his comeback, he wins it again the first time. I believe at this point that there was a back-to-back winner up until 97, 98 in Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then we have... I think one of the most underrated and overlooked performances was when Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, in 1999, won the Royal Rumble. If you remember that match, first of all, he put a $100,000 bounty on whoever eliminated Stone Cold from it. Right, and they were number one and number two, and they fought. All around that arena. I mean, they, they, so they, they, they brawled in the bathroom. They
0: brawled like If you watch it again, it's so ridiculous. The entire yeah. thing. Because they really, like, all of a sudden, you're watching it. And it's like, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon are fighting in the crowd. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? Like, one minute they're in the ring. And the next minute, they're beating the shit out of each other in the crowd. And it's Stone Cold in the hospital. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs>
2: And then he comes back but before the end of that I mean that had all of it and I think that was Vince at his I don't want to say that he used steroids but that was him at his steroid peak like if you Oh, he
0: me. was doing real, bro he
2: walked <laughs> out of, he walked
0: out of the tunnel and he was a new man. He went from being like a normal looking dude to walking out of that tunnel with no shirt on. And you're like what it was like Goldberg. <laughs>
1: like I remember the build-up to that too, where it was Shane McMahon like training Vince oh. McMahon, and it was like a rock, it was like a Rocky montage. It was so and good. It Was like, look what I've created. Look at the monster I've created with Vince McMahon. And meantime, yeah, got I didn't. You know, I Mark Mark was
0: McGuire's guy.
1: Yeah. In the meantime, I was like twelve years old. I didn't realize he's been doing steroids and working out his entire life. So I was like. How
2: the hell did he do this? Meanwhile, he's fifty at that point in time, looking like a Greek god. But you're right, Craig. Those montages going up to it when he's punching the like the the hanging cow. My favorite one is when Shane had him chase the chickens. It's one of the funniest <laughs> It's one of the funniest things you're ever gonna see. Like when wrestling wants to be good, they can be good. And having yeah, man, Vince yelling really and having Vince yelling the chickens, damn it, and chasing them <laughs> was one of the funniest <laughs> things that you're ever gonna see. Just doing leg curls going, I hate Austin. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I
1: hate Austin. So
2: good. There are a couple other things that, that happened. I think, you know, obviously we talked about the 2000 Royal Rumble where The Rock eliminated the big show. We have 2001 Royal Rumble where Stone Cold Steve Austin becomes the only three-time winner of that match. 2002, I got this straight off the press, straight from Hollywood. Mr. Wale himself told me that the 2002 Royal Rumble, love you, Sean, with uh, Triple H returning from the quad injury and winning that match. That match also had a couple of great elements. It was Triple H versus Austin for the majority of the end of that match. Right, That was awesome. You had a couple of surprises, like Mr. Perfect coming back for the first time, and I believe it was like seven or eight years at that time. But I think... Triple H overcoming the odds. 2003, You know Brock wins. 04, though. Uh, you have it here, Bobby. The man that can never be mentioned again on WWE television because of the things that occurred after his professional wrestling career. Chris Benoit star- starts out number one and defies all of the odds by winning. So go ahead and tell us a- a why this is on your list, Bobby.
0: Yeah, no, I loved... This Royal Rumble. I watched it again. It took me a long time to find it. Let me tell you that. It took me a while to find it. And I couldn't watch it as like a YouTube video. I had to watch it as like, you're (laughs) watching YouTube videos that are like squares in the YouTube video. You're like, wow, this is this took some digging. It's so good, man. It really is reminiscent of that 95 one where he's almost eliminated like 14 times. And he's just that guy where like you can't get him out. And he's just so unstoppable this entire match. I always liked Chris Benoit when he was in WCW before when he came over to WWE. I was always a Benoit fan. So I know that like, he's like taboo in the WWE world now, but like for them to toss this under the rug, man, it's so good. It was such a good Royal Rumble and such a good performance too.
2: Just from beginning to end, it was so good. I understand that man probably went through a lot, suffered a lot of traumatic brain injuries, right? But if you don't want to be deleted from the annals of WWE history, here's just a little Don't kill your family. (laughs) Like, I mean it. I don't mean it to be funny. Just don't do it. Please. Because his wrestling was better than most. I'd say like him winning the 04 Rumble and going on to WrestleMania that year, which we are going to have a WrestleMania special. You can book that. That triple threat, which you cannot find also. You you can watch on the WWE Network, but it just says Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. But neither of them win. Right, and it's one of the
1: great. My favorite thing about that WrestleMania is that picture became a meme in itself. It was just you know, it was the you know the the vintage of Shawn Michaels versus Triple H versus Chris Moore, and then they changed it to Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. Like, hey, look over here, it's Shawn Michaels versus Triple H versus. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about yeah, it. Don't here. worry
2: about it. Right. Yeah. like he, So the winner of that match, one of the Rumble, it can never be mentioned again, but it, it was a phenomenal Rumble. I think now 2005, they remade the, the 94 Rumble when they had Batista and Cena both get eliminated at the exact same time. 2005, seeing Batista versus John Cena was a breath of fresh air. It's hard to believe because for the next five years, those people would be shoved down your throats, but it was a great ending. 2006, Bobby and also Rayshon, who, who could not be with us, Rey Mysterio. I think a little bit of a backstory for this one is that in November of 2005, Eddie Guerrero passed away very unexpectedly. He, by far, was one of the most underrated talents ever. He could get, he had the entire crowd in the palm of his hands whenever he wanted to. He was that good. Him and Ray were obviously best friends. So the story going into that match was I'm going to win it for Eddie. And when he won it, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, I thought it was going to happen. I knew it should happen, but when it did happen, I was like, "Thank God!" Because that was that, that's the way it should have ended. Yeah, and that was
0: the you know that was the narrative going into it is that it should happen, and that's what always happens with WWE is like they don't ever do what should happen, and it was good for them to finally see like. Okay, they did it, and this was the way it should be. Because Mysterio had been a finalist a few times going up to that point. So for him to finally get over the top and also do it the year Eddie Guerrero passed away. Because you're right, Eddie Guerrero was amazing man. Like I said, I was a WCW man. When he was in WCW, he was one of my favorites. He was unbelievable. Yep. And, and when he passed away, it was, it was really sad. So to see Mysterio come back and do that, like I told you, that was one of the last Rumbles that I really watched and paid attention to. And it, it was a great Rumble, man. I love Rey Mysterio. I always will. And he's always, he's the same way as Eddie Guerrero. He's so underrated and such a technically amazing wrestler. He was always yeah. so fun to
2: watch. There are, so, there are so many moments that we can go through, but we are under a time constraint. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just fast forward to my – the last one that I'm going to use for this category. 2019, the women's a Rumble. We are in Phoenix, Arizona. Number 30 is Lana. She could not – Uh, make it her way down to the ring. So who comes out but the man, Becky Lynch. And when I tell you that this was a road warrior pop, which means that it was a loud ovation for her, when they let Fit Finley say, yep, you can go in, the whole place went nuts. And when she won that rumble, I I mean, I was out of my mind. I I was jumping up and down, again, as a 31-year-old man, jumping up and down saying, like, it's about time because she was the right person. Craig, I know that you were watching that one too.
1: Yeah, but I forget why they didn't let her in the match. Because the she
2: match. had lost to Asuka at, earlier in the show.
1: Oh, so they so she just wasn't in the match. Yeah, she just okay. Okay. The all right, all right, there, all yeah. right. And and was she full on it? I know this is only two years ago, but was she full on in her the man gimmick yet? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, when they let her in, it was pretty much game over at that point. They, yeah, she was gonna uh wreck wild and obviously of Lana coming in at 30, that was already preordained, but Yeah, uh, Becky Lynch, when they let her do that Stone Cold Steve Austin gimmick of hers, she fucking owned that shit. It was so good. It was so good. It'll be good when she comes back, too, because they're going to do the exact same thing, and it's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, going up to that point, I believe it was uh, November of 2018, she was the champion. She was going to face Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series, but Nia Jax being the careless in-ring worker that she is... Actually punched her, punched Becky Lynch for real in the face, broke her nose, gave her a concussion. But Becky was bloody, and she kept fighting. And then that 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 picture of her in the crowd with the blood dripping from her face, holding up her title—that was it for me. That's all I needed to see. Yep. I will buy whatever she's selling for as long as she sells it. I, I promise you. You're gonna have the mom T-shirt soon. Yeah, I'll, whatever she whatever they put out for her, I'm gonna buy. <laughs> uh, Biggest surprises, because there are a lot of them. Bobby, you you know, you're a big Rumble guy. I think what we all, and Craig, for you too, what we all love about the Rumble is, you know, you kind of know, like, even if you know who's going to win, you just don't know who's going to show up, right? So 2001, the Royal Rumble. I believe that was the year that Drew Carey showed up. He was a surprise yep. entrant yep. in that one. I believe that was... Almost got chokeslammed by Kane. I believe that was year that Honky Tonk was in there, too. And that was year that Kane eliminated, I believe, 11 participants. 13. 13. In, in, in
0: two minutes, right?
2: I think he was in there for 20, but it, it was the most eliminations up until Roman Reigns in 2014. Isn't
0: there one where Undertaker and Kane eliminated, like, eight people in a minute or something like that? The two Probably. of them just came Probably. in and just absolutely, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. Going. Uh, 2001 was an interesting time in wrestling. January of 2001, to be more specific, uh, WCW was still around. They were not doing well. Their hardcore champion at the time was a wrestler named Meng. He was their champion. He was on their television. And then in in the Royal Rumble, as their champion, Haku comes out. He's the same person. He signed a one-night-only contract. I remember watching this going, so I watched Thunder this week, and he was on it. What's happening here? It's one, <laughs> it's one of the most—it's one of the, the biggest surprises that I think that you can have. One thing that's on this list that I, I know we can all talk about: Pete Rose, man. I mean, the, the, he showed up at the rumble three times, and every time he did it was hysterical.
0: Yeah, man, um, I, I, love I love it. When they three do Royal
1: that. Rumbles, three Tombstones. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's right.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. They can kick him out of baseball. You can't keep him out of wrestling.
1: That's true. <laughs> I'm. So, I'm sorry, but I. That's just the most hilarious thing. Pete Rose just showing up doing whatever he's doing. Then Kane and Paul Bearer come down and just tombstone him. It's just the funniest <laughs>
2: thing. That was WrestleMania. That was WrestleMania fourteen. He. I don't know if he got. Yeah, he got tombstone in Boston, but he. There, it, that was a running gag. Maybe it wasn't the Rumble that he showed up in. I know he was in one of them, but he showed up at every WrestleMania from 14, 15, and sixteen. But I remember him being in Boston. I'm happy to be here. I dropped off some tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick him up. How about it? The whole crowd went, went nuts. Went awesome. absolutely nuts. That's awesome. Mick Foley, 2004. He's he's my favorite. Mick Foley is one of the greatest, I I just think one of the greatest human beings in in professional wrestling. He retired in 2000. He was uh, in an on-again, off-again feud with Randy Orton at this time. And when his music hit, that entire place went nuts. And he eliminated Randy Orton, which set up their match. Craig, I don't know if if you prepped for this, but do you remember that Royal Rumble and that reaction?
1: I don't remember the Royal Rumble. I do remember this, Dobies. I do remember that him and Randy Orton were in a big feud. This is still when they were in Evolution at the time. Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton, and they were just, you know, mashing. Randy Orton was the start of his Legend Killer gimmick. Yep. Started off with uh, Mick Foley. And uh, Randy Orton, I think, was having a pretty good Royal Rumble at this point. Sure was. And Mick Foley came in. He eliminated him. That led to the tag team match. I think the three-on-two tag team match, yep. I think, it ended up being with the Rock and Sock Connection versus Evolution at WrestleMania. That was... Awesome. It was awesome.
2: Nick Foley should also make this this list for what he did in 1998 when he showed up three times. Three he separate just, times. Oh God. <laughs> Dude Love, Cactus,
0: Cactus Jack, 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 and Mankind. <laughs> and every single time he came out, the is like, I feel like the most underrated part of wrestling is the announcers. they're so good, but, like, yeah, every yeah. single time he came out, they're like, wait, he can't. It's the same guy. He can't do that. <laughs> but, like, Yes, he can because it's not the same wrestler. That was so good. cactus, jackets, dude. Love, yeah, so good. Mankind, mankind's one of my favorites ever. Saka,
1: yeah, I mean he just put his body. I'll never understand. I'll never understand that gimmick, but I'll be forever thankful for it. Too, Uh, so good, so good. I mean, that, that man put
2: his body through absolute hell for just our benefit and, and Vince's profit. So kudos to him. The one thing that you put in here, Bobby, which is surprising because this happened recently. I know that you kind of fell off, <clears throat> which is, again, I don't hold it against you. Wrestling used to garner 7 million viewers per week and now garners like 1.8. So you're yeah, not-
1: maybe two if they're lucky.
2: <laughs> so John Cena tears his peck in mm-hmm. October of 2007. The Royal Rumble is an MSG in 2008. And when Cena comes out, that place absolutely became unglued.
0: Yeah, no, Cena's one of the guys that, like, listen, I haven't watched wrestling much, but Batista and Cena are the two that, like, whenever they were on TV, I was watching. It was one of those where, like, I love Cena. I loved his entrance music. I loved everything about him. And when he came back in this one, it was Batista and Cena. And it was, like... You know what I mean? Those were the rivals. Those were the guys that were against each other. I'm pretty sure it came down to those two at the end of this too, right?
2: Yep. I think I think Cena won this one. It was
0: Batista, Orton, Cena, if I remember correctly. It was the three of them. I don't know if it was. I'm pretty sure it was. But yeah, that that's one of my favorites because when Cena comes out, let's say, you know me, I love crowd reactions. And you're like, right, right, man. That place just... Lost their goddamn mind when he when that Cena music comes on
2: and it's just it's over man and Madison Square Garden those fans those are the smartest fans in the world and in 2008 they hated Cena I mean and when he came out that place went absolutely nuts
1: so it just it's just a testament to the drawing power that he had. And he wasn't supposed to come back yet. He was supposed to be back in like another three months. He came back three months early. He he came back three months early to be there, which is
2: wild. 2011, the Royal Rumble. This is the year that they went instead of a 30 man Royal Rumble. It was 40. It was in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, I I was there. I I, and I was like, you know, this is going to be okay. It's going to be good. Whatever. Royal Rumble happens. Booker T comes out. I'm like, I love Booker T. Like that is like he was my WCW guy. I loved him. And then the biggest surprise. Stevie Ray. The, the, yeah. the biggest surprise was Kevin Nash. When he came back, I mean, D- Diesel's music hit and the TV garden did not shut up. That was one of the best surprises I think that they could have ever done
0: that's awesome yeah I, I loved both of those guys in their heyday so yeah that must have been amazing to be sitting there not be expecting booker t to walk out and all of a sudden you're like oh my God. yeah that must have been that must have been so cool i bet you the garden is such a cool place to watch a wrestling match because the people that are there are probably like listen we all know boston fans are just like absolutely berserk about the things that they love yep so, so when you get a bunch of boston fans inside a wrestling arena Yep, yeah, that must that, that must have been fucking awesome. If
2: you want to ever go back and this watch was, any of the uh, any of Survivor Series from two thousand and eight? You will see this beautiful face on your screen the entire time because I was <laughs> facing the hard camera and I was only like ten rows from the ring, and I, I'm in it. When Shawn Michaels comes out, I'm in there dancing. You know, my, yeah, nice, I'm
0: dude. I'm watching that. What year is that? I'm watching it. Every, every, everyone listening to this, we're, we're gonna watch this. Comment below.
2: I'll I'll send a screenshot. We, we can post it, but it's two thousand eight Survivor Series. It's wild. All right, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we are running out of time. So for surprises, there are two more that will stand out. I think that they are the two most um, important, especially currently, 2016. The Royal Rumble happen- is happening in Orlando, Florida. 2016 is a weird year for WWE because there's not there there wasn't a lot of noteworthiness happening in January of 2016. Right, Brock was Brock. You had Triple H as the and Roman Reigns going for the WWE Championship, but the Royal Rumble entrant this year that that electrified and shocked everyone was the phenomenal AJ Styles. AJ Styles had been a guy that everyone wanted to see in WWE for years, but never thought he'd get there. And when he got there, Craig, that place just lost their
1: minds. And they knew this was going to be such a big reaction. They didn't even bother doing it. Like when they, what I would have done, like waited till later, like putting him, here's number 14, AJ Styles. They put him in number two. And this was this had been one of the longest running rumors that AJ Styles would finally be coming to WWE because at the, at this point I'm going to dive a little bit into TNA here. He was finishing up his run. He had been, he was in the middle of what I actually felt is like one of his better gimmicks yeah. the, the the No One version of AJ Styles. Yep. Where he was just like a vigilante. Just fought everyone. It was the revival of the main event mafia and TNA. It was just it wasn't that good. But AJ Styles was still good. AJ Styles was always good. They did a bad gimmick of him and a fake baby and stuff like that but that's that's neither here nor there but then he went to new
2: japan pro wrestling and 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 was part of the bullet club which just took off
1: and that's when they were like he could really be something in wwe because they brought in tna guys before and they didn't do anything they brought in some great guys from tna and done amazing things with them xavier woods they've done amazing things with him but you know, AJ Styles AJ Styles was TNA. He was indie wrestling. And to bring him in 2016, number two, he didn't last that long. He lasted pretty long. I think into the 20s at that point. But that was the start of what was just a fun what's you know, it, it's cliche, but just his run has been phenomenal. It hasn't been perfect, but it's been very good. He's had some very good matches, and I don't you know, he hasn't been injured. I know that was the trouble of him in TNA for some times, but you know, he's just that was the beginning of a spectacular run for him so far.
2: I think for me, it was just vindic I mean, for him and for every AJ Styles fan, because, I you know, I, I love wrestling. I, I'm a WWE guy through and through for sure. But I have watched other promotions. AJ Styles was a guy in TNA that I always watch and always loved and just used to think like they'll never do the right thing with him in WWE. So for him to get the reaction that he received upon, you know, arriving at the Royal Rumble, validated the fact that he's a real guy and they pushed him for real, right? Uh, he went on to have a great WrestleMania match against Chris Jericho and then had yes. amazing matches with Roman Reigns after that. And then, you know, SmackDown is now the house that AJ Styles built. So that is-
1: Except he's on Raw.
2: Right, but he built SmackDown. Yeah, it's, I right. know, yeah. Last one, for me, again, it's the most recent, 2020. We are, again, we are in, at Minute Maid Park or whatever it's called in Houston, Texas, Number 17, we'd all heard the rumors, but when they counted down from 10, and then the next words that you heard were, you think you know me, 50,000 people gave the cheer of their lifetime because they know. For all the, for everyone that's listening, I assume that you're wrestling fans. For those that are not um, as hardcore wrestling fans as maybe I am, Edge was a guy who lived – and breathed and dreamed this business and to have to retire in 2011 because of a broken neck in his prime was awful so to come back nine years later nine years later and be in the royal rumble the place went nuts craig what were your thoughts when you saw it? i know that you i know that you knew about it but it's yeah. one thing to read it it's another thing to see it
1: right and i i you know i i believe that he was coming back to that point but i didn't really believe it until i saw it and when he came out and he came out instantly. He couldn't even wait till his theme started. He just kind of popped out. I was like, you think you know me? You look at the crowd. Oh, he's already there. You could see when he was walking down, he was crying yeah. when he was walking down there. He didn't really believe this would ever happen. And then, you know, something just, you know, he could snap and something just clicked with him. And the rated our superstar was back. Yep. He, did his, he did his little rock star thing and the fire was going off and Ed was back. And then. Kevin Dunn, I'll never forgive. For the, I'll never forgive <laughs> Kevin Dunn for this. And you know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Edge gets into the ring. Spears immediately. I forgot who it was. Dolph Ziggler and missed it. But yeah, he speared Dolph. He speared Dolph Ziggler, and they missed it. They missed it. And you know, obviously, it had on replay, but just to see it live, it just you know, I, I, you know, he was one of the final three people in the match. I thought, are they really gonna do this? Yeah. Are they really gonna put Edge over? And obviously he ended up blue drew end ended up eliminating him, but still that was the point. You know, Edge was back and Edge is back. We'll see him again this year.
2: All right, so we're we're gonna finish this up here with just one final segment. It's gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you each a question and then I'm gonna let you give your answer. Bobby, given everything that you've seen so far, what is your favorite Royal Rumble match? I think I have to go. So it's one we actually didn't even
0: mention. All right, which is kind of cool, and and it was because of the ending, and that's two thousand seven, which was our guy HBK versus the Undertaker for ten minutes at the end of that match. Craig already said it, like the ending wasn't amazing, but for those two to have that ending that they did was just it, dude. It was just different level. You you could see it when you're watching it that it was two legends in front of you wrestling. I, I want to say they're at their prime, but they like they knew exactly who they were. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. The chemistry between those two at that point was on another level. So that's my favorite. That's my pick, just because of the ending. Two thousand seven, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker ending for sure.
1: Craig. Oh, same question. Same question. All right. I'm actually gonna go. I'm actually. I'm actually gonna go with the first Women's Royal Rumble because I have felt that the. <sighs> While I love the Royal Rumble, I feel like it just wastes a lot of talent, but that first really Women's Royal Rumble and really all the ones since I haven't really been that gimmicky gimmicky like the men's ones do, but that first one that they did with Oscar winning that one, that was just a great hour-long performance and I would just, you know, I'll I'll be forever grateful for that because I've always been, you know, an advocate for women's athletics and women's wrestling but that was just a phenomenal showing by everyone involved in that match.
2: For me, you know, that match too, I mean, the 2018 Women's Royal Rumble, which is the first one you had all the legends. You had Lita. You had Molly Holly. You had Trish Stratus come back uh, after being gone for so long. You had the Bella Twins. But for Asuka to win that, and then the moment that we haven't really talked about, because it didn't quite happen during the Rumble, right. it yeah. overshadowed, in many people's opinions, Asuka winning the, the match, was Ronda Rousey shows up. She walks out. After- Oscar looked. Piss. Everyone looked pissed, which is what they were I, no one knew that she was gonna be there, I don't think. Because no, don't think so. uh and she walks out, doesn't say a word, and just points to the WrestleMania sign. So that for me is one of the most historic matches. I, I think it's long overdue, man. I, I think that there are so many great female athletes out there, but especially in WWE, and they have been for so long that they were never given their due. For me, it's a tie. The 2019 Royal Rumble where Becky where Becky Lynch won, I, for my money, I can't remember ever being that happy because I just wanted her to win so bad. And when she wasn't in it, I was so pissed. And then when she came out, I mean, again, 31 years old, just jumping for freaking joy. And then it's also the 2007 Rumble because Shawn Michaels is my guy. A uh, little backstory to that. You know, Shawn Michaels in 2006 reformed Degeneration generation X with Triple H. They had a great tag team run. The story was supposed to be that Triple H was going to go on to main event uh, WrestleMania 23 in Detroit again against John Cena as a repeat match of their 2006 match. He tore his quad in January of 2007. So he was out. So Sean's the guy. So for Sean to be one of the final participants or the final entrance in that Rumble, and then have that iconic final 10 minutes with with Taker, which was a which would really set the stage for what would happen in, in two years, which would be one of the, the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. I think it was great. And as you can probably tell, I can talk about wrestling for hours upon hours, but I want to say... Thank you so much, Bobby, for joining this episode of Cheap Pete. It was awesome to have you. I love the fact
0: Glad I could be here.
2: that on this show, we are pulling people who used to be wrestling fans out of the dark and bringing them right back into the spotlight. So it was great to have you. Craig, as always, you're awesome to talk with on this show. So for Craig Delisander, for The Real BK Bob Kelly, this is episode three. Three of Cheap Pete. Stay tuned for our live show this Sunday before the Royal Rumble. You can find that on all streaming apps and be ready for the WrestleMania edition of Cheap Pete. But until then, thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day?